Welcome to Eden's Apple Podcast. My name is Kim, and for this episode, the Roe v. Wade episode, we recorded before it had been confirmed, and it was just announced, and we lost half of that recording, and then there were things going on in our lives, we were both pretty busy, and we recorded another episode after the decision was confirmed, and we also lost half of that recording. So I'm kind of gonna Frankenstein these recordings together, and I've recorded a third session with just myself and Dion, and we're going to edit it together, and hopefully it sounds good. We did also upgrade some of our equipment, so hopefully after this our sound will start sounding a little bit better. Content warning for anything that you could imagine associated with Roe v. Wade. There's going to be talk about sexual assault, sexual assault on minors, and the topic of giving birth, just all of those things. We're picking up this first episode that we recorded, which was prior to the actual decision. We are in the middle of discussing the cruelty inherent with the politicians who push for these kinds of decisions. It just breaks my heart to know that people are so heartless. Yeah, God, damn. It hurts me so bad to think about it. And then I think, you know, that a lot of that is accounted for by a lot of these people truly deeply do believe that life begins at conception. So then they view it as murder and it is genuinely distressing to them. But they've also been lied to and propagandized and they don't know anything actually about procreation. And then we can't even get fucking sex ed in our school systems. Nobody knows anything. And they just get to say whatever they want. So you said that you you had looked into some of the some of the quotes from the Bible about this topic. Yes. I'm just like wondering, like, how could... I have it in the King James Version and then the New International Version. There's a very key difference that I will tell you about. Um, In the King James Version, it says, If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall surely be punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So the thing that you want to notice here is that the Bible does not place the same penalty on a fetus as it does on a human being. The thing that is happening here is if like men are fighting, a man hurts a woman to the extent that she loses her child, he will have to pay a fine. If the woman dies, then that's when you get like life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And then not like that this is woke. They're treating the fetus as the husband's property, not even the woman's property. This is the verse of the Bible that very clearly states that no, God does not view fetuses as the same worth as a living being with a soul. But then the New International Version, which was released uh, either in 1973 or 1978, I got both dates, which is exactly the time when evangelicals are like, oh, hey, we can't be like super overtly racist anymore. People are going to get mad at us. Then we get this version. If people are fighting and hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury, the offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. But if there's serious injury, 
you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. So you notice in that version, they make it sound like the baby was born prematurely but survived. Then that life for life thing, you can start attributing that to the fetus as well. Oh, okay. They're also fucking horny for the King James version. Like, Seriously? then later on, they're deliberately shifting translations so it's more ambiguous. That seems to always happen. The King James, they lean on it because it is so ambiguous. The way that it's translated tends to lean more towards, I think, like a more patriarchal white perspective. If well, it yeah. wasn't already, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the language is so old-fashioned that you lose, like, the tone of things. Of course you lose the context, because this was, like, happening fucking thousands of years ago. So you you don't know the historical context, generally. And you don't know the tone, which makes it really easy for some dudes to go in there and say, this is what this means. And just make everybody believe it. Even in that segment, and I feel like I'm being horribly ineloquent um, this whole time, because it's just so much for me to wrap my head around, because it makes no sense to me, I guess. Because it, it does so much harm to not give people the option to choose. It frustrates me and confuses me that people would force this upon anyone or that the Supreme Court could, in any like right state of mind, make the decision to turn against it. If you take a moment to empathize, if you picture yourself as like a young girl who has been sexually abused, potentially by a family member, and to tell this child that this thing inside her that's growing and taking all of her nutrients and pressing against her lungs so she can't breathe well and to tell her that that life is more important than hers and for the the child to not be like developed to be pushing that hard when it's like in such an early early stage well it's it's one of those things that people can do they can claim to be good people because they're trying to protect all these innocent souls from getting murdered. But they don't but care they, about they them after it. they're born. That's, yeah, that's well, the they, part that they... makes me so frustrated. Is like, you can go and say that you're this this high and mighty person who's like, oh, I care about all children. But like... Yeah, and, com- and conveniently, that's the option that doesn't require you to do anything except right. judge other people. The amount of work that goes into like actually supporting people who are young and had a child and they don't have money for food, like so much community support and stuff just to keep that life, hopefully a reasonable experience. It's so much work and they don't have to do any of that work. All they have to do is make sure that that person is forced to have that child. And people can say all they want about, you know, oh, they can just turn them up for adoption, you know, like, but like you still, it takes a lot out of your body like yeah. to, to have a child and then to you know let go of it as well i have known people with uteruses who are like terrified of the body horror aspect of it i mean it's true the idea of having this thing growing inside you that you don't want and it's yeah it's taking your nutrients it can't survive without you 
I mean, a lot of people feel very differently about this. I feel like maybe it's a newer thing for like millennials and Zoomers and stuff to to think about it in terms of like, oh God, like this this thing growing inside me and then like ripping out of me, you know, like. It's it's a pretty gruesome thing. I can understand why people wouldn't want it, and but I can also understand why people would. Like it's incredible that well, it's, oh yeah, it's possible. I mean, like you know, um, that is entirely up to the person and to that's, the individual. That's the thing. It's like it should be an individual choice. Like I don't think that it needs to be regulated by the government. I don't think it needs to be regulated hey, by the and state. And also. Like, why would you want this person who's so reviled by the idea of incubating a, a child, why would you want them to have children? They're probably not going to be good parents because they don't want to be parents. Yeah, especially if they don't want to be parents. Like, don't bring a child into the world. There are people who want children who bring them into the world and then end up, like, being lousy parents, let alone the ones that Didn't don't want, want can't to afford. have children. <laughs> Yeah, or that like is, can't that is sustain. not a kindness. No, to birth a child into a situation where they're going to be unwanted. There's not enough resources. There's not enough attention. That is not a kindness. That is cruelty. Once again, the same people who will fight to say that they have to have these children wouldn't invest inside of the like social infrastructure structure, infrastructure that needs to happen to support children right. of these constantly. Like, constantly voting down bills that would provide support constantly attempting to limit the access not only to abortion but to birth control in general which is for me like that just proves that you don't actually give a fuck and it's not about preventing abortion because if you want to prevent abortion you should make contraception widely accessible for everyone and then there will be less abortions but that's not what they want. They want people to live in enforced poverty with children that they can't care for. And that's the part that, like, all I mean, it all infuriates me. But the fact that the things that actually prevent abortion are not the things that they try to enforce or, like, try to support. It's only the part where it's too late. They have to go to a clinic to get a special pill or a special procedure done to prevent, you know, harm coming to the woman. Or, you know, in the case of a woman who just didn't want a pregnancy to prevent the pregnancy. And it is just, like, so blatantly about control. We want to be able able to shame you for having sex. We want to keep you under control. We don't want to prevent abortions. We want to control people. Women, especially, like, I feel like there's always this, like, focus on the woman. Like, oh, it's the woman's fault. And, you know, like, why did you spread your legs? Blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's a two-parter, you know, like, it takes, you know, semen to make a baby. Right. (laughs) So. Yeah, no, and it is these guys who just can, like, can just leave, can just leave the situation and turn around and be like, well, it's your fault for being stupid enough to have sex with me. Where's the judgment on them? You know, are they also going to get arrested? No. no. I mean, not no. not in any sort of situation that I've read so far. It's like always on the women. If, if someone it's gets like, an abortion, it's on the women or it's on the doctor. The very nature of criminalizing miscarriage, Ugh, just... like, it's going to be women. It's going to be AFAB people. That's just what's going to happen. 
it's so blatant and i i feel like amab folks grow up in a world where there are not nearly as many consequences for their actions. It really does feel that way. And also just the feeling that women have to be more emotionally intelligent than men. So fine, you got it. You got your ban on abortions. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do about all the babies that are born into situations that they can't stand? What are you going to do about all of the miscarriages? What are you going to do about the death? The deaths of women who sought a back alley abortion because we push that thing into the shadows right. and made it a target for abuse. How many dead women? How, what are you going to what are you going to say? What are you going to do about all the fucking dead people that comes about as the result of this decision? You know, they they'll still feel like they did the right thing, you know, like oh, as long as we saved x number of babies that are now live in misery, possibly right. the vast, vast majority of them. And it's it's like I would like to think that people are not aware of the damage that they're causing, but it is just like, well, they've also been hyper-conditioned to not believe what people tell them about their own lives and identities and experiences. So now we get to do it, and we just get to say that those people are lying and their experiences weren't that bad. Preventing doctors from being able to know how to treat and to give safe abortions prevents things from, like, a mis- configured child like there are babies that start growing inside the womb and you know their head ends up too large to their body and then you know like they're not going to survive anyways so there's a lot of babies that like just don't form correctly and if you were to continue to have it grow inside of the womb it would just be a terrible feeling. Like a woman would just be carrying a dead baby for nine months. Which happens constantly. Which happens a lot. Women are forced women are forced to carry their dead babies until they give birth to them naturally. And it like it's also like fucking sometimes babies start growing on the fallopian tubes. Right. Is that like is that okay? Is it okay to abort that baby that cannot possibly survive and will kill the mother? Does that count as an abortion? Why are we splitting hairs? Like, it's not a person. It's not a person until it's outside. I'm so distressed. Yeah. It's about scientifically being able to give women the best care they possibly can. Or, like, you know, anyone who can bear children. Anyone physically capable of bearing and giving birth to a child you want them to be able to do it in the safest circumstances possible inside of like the world that we live in where we we have medical advances we can do these things safely we have pills that people can take even kind of late inside of the process that are still totally safe you know people will resort to having to do crazy shit to abort babies because they they can't support them you know like can you imagine how emotionally distressed you would have to be to go and try and kill your own baby with a coat hanger inside of you tearing yourself literally from the inside but there are people who will do it because they're just so desperate they just so desperately do not want to bring a child into this world if you want to keep an eye on a situation the best thing to do is bring it into the light pay attention to it be present be watching be controlling the industry like by pushing it into the shadows you just make it rife with abuse 
because if we can't legislate it, we can't look at it, we can't talk about it, everybody has to do it in secret, then that's how these women die. And then these men get to turn around and say, well, that it's their fault because they're a terrible person for having sex or for having get, gotten pregnant, trying to not be pregnant. And like, how many of these people had sex before marriage? Like, how many of these people have just been fortunate enough to have children when they wanted to have children? Like, I would say that that's even less likely. There's a lot of people who have children they didn't intend to, but they loved them anyways. But wouldn't you want to give someone else the opportunity to plan and do better? Like, And then also, the whole thought process of trying to breed as many children as possible when the world is in climate crisis how are you going to feed all these kids over the course of the next 10 years we're going to experience so much fucking climate disaster there's not going to be resources for all of these people that you insist need to be born it's a selfish and ridiculous thing to insist upon it if someone doesn't want the child don't make anyone who doesn't want a child bring a child into the world especially under the circumstances that we're in today i just don't think that we should be limiting the options that people can have to plan a family as an addendum to that women who do not want to have children are not incubators for women who can't have children Right. Stop treating them like they're fucking brood mares. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there, there are all of these women who are just like, oh, just adopt them. I would love to have that baby. I would love, like, if I could have children. And I, fe- I see a lot of stories that are like that, which are just like, you know, oh, they have no idea what they've got because I would love to have children and I have had X amount of miscarriages. And it's like, I absolutely feel for that person. But you don't get to decide for someone else. This is absolutely yeah. someone else's decision and someone else's life and someone else's body. Just don't be so selfish. I just, <laughs> it just seems it's, crazy to me. It's such an interesting pathology. The sincere belief that this makes them morally correct while just absolutely ignoring all of the consequences and implications and having no problem forcing people to give birth. I'll tell my Planned Parenthood story now, I guess. Sure. When I was 19 uh, and I was in the process of getting married, I was kicked off of my parents' health insurance, like, unceremoniously. Back then, when you turned 19, you got kicked off your parents' insurance. And I found out by going to a doctor's office and my insurance getting denied because I didn't have it anymore. So trying to get married, trying to find birth control that I can afford without insurance and literally where else can you go but Planned Parenthood? So I went to the Planned Parenthood and they didn't ask me personal questions. They didn't judge me. They didn't question me about my beliefs. They just gave me options, and they also helped me apply for Medicaid. They were the people that I could go to without being judged. Around the same time I got married, there was a girl who was from a different church in our fellowship who married a guy in our church. So she moved and we were about the same age, but she didn't know how to like 
be a housewife. She had me like giving her housewife lessons. I was like teaching her to cook and stuff. And at some point she told me, she's like, I had to go to Planned Parenthood to get birth control. Like I'm bad. I'm a hypocrite. I'm supporting this institution. And from the fallout of the wedding, I already was like, this is not going to last. I'm getting the fuck out of here as soon as I can. And I, I told her, listen, the church isn't going to pay for your birth control. The church isn't going to pay for your hospital bills if you get pregnant. The church isn't going to pay for anything. Like this is literally what they exist to do. And they already cannot use federal funds for abortion. That's already illegal, the Hyde Amendment. And I bet that that is not uncommon for Christian girls. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Planned Parenthood, they do so much more than facilitate women who need abortions yeah it's everything it's you know what she said birth control they also help trans people get on hormone replacement therapy they're they're a source of like good for all kinds of things like From breast cancer checks breast cancer like- check, just like women's health in general appointments and resources there overwhelmingly gives me the sense of trying to corner a hunted animal Because it's not just you can't have an abortion and you have to carry the pregnancy to term. It's also we're going to shut down this resource that could help you not get pregnant. We're going to limit access to that. It's a trap. Like they're trapping someone. I had been so conditioned to expect the people in the Planned Parenthood to be calloused and cruel. And they weren't. When the rubber hit the road, they were the ones who were fucking supportive. They were the ones who were there for me without judgment or questions. Yeah, and I, I would say that that's true for a lot of people. Of course, there's going to be, like, cranky receptionists every now and then. But, like, you know, they're, they're there to help. They're there to provide services that sometimes are, like, looked out upon and often at, like, very reasonable prices for people who may not have coverage or, like, insurance. Right, because that's another thing we don't give people in this nation, equal access to health care. Although I sometimes take issue with how, like, headstrong they can be about asking for donations to definitely (laughs) support Planned Parenthood. I donated once when I had just a little bit of money that I could donate, and I still get the emails, and I'm like, I mean... it's frustrating but also they are 100% correct like this shit needs to happen like I think that with the state of climate crisis today getting a tubal ligation or hysterectomy or vasectomy should be an entirely like anybody should be able to do it anybody should be able to do it for any reason and it should be free because we are facing a situation where there's not going to be food to feed all of these people, it's better to err on the side of less people. Right. And, and I like, hate to put the onus on individuals because really, like, it's the corporations that really need to change to, to make climate crisis well, not. But on the, at, of- on the same, like, note, though, like, there are ways that we can minimize it. And... I'm not trying to say that people need to stop having children because it causes environmental damage. Right. I think that people need to stop having children so children don't have to grow up starving during famine and constant climate disasters. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be a world worth living if they're, you know, born both into poverty and inside of an environment that's just 
absolutely fucked. <laughs> it is like they are trying to drive the human race into extinction. All of the things that they are doing are counterproductive to having more people be healthy and safe and loved and fed. They're just like, no, just fill up the world. More babies, more babies. No, we shouldn't stop burning fossil fuels, but you do have to keep having babies. Yeah. Because they need the cheap labor. Like, that's, I mean, that's really what I, I think it comes down. And just, in not only labor, in a first world country, they also need unintelligent consumers. People who will just buy, 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 and like, not think about things. There's this kind of fundamentally twisted version of cause and effect that they don't really, like, you have these cause and effects that they believe in, like, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. If you're in a bad position, it's because you did bad things, but then also unable to understand the cause and effect in the sense that, like, how are we going to provide for all these fucking babies? And I, I just, I wish they would think about, I wish they would put all that effort and, like, fury into trying to solve climate change and bashing down the door of congress and pressuring corporations rather than like telling women that they can't do what they want with their bodies like please put this energy towards something actually useful and constructive and then even within christianity there's degrees like there are christians who are bad people and there are christians who aren't bad people but it's like, why are we letting the most vocal, obnoxious people who have limited access to education, they're being like fucking brainwashed within their church, they're giving all this money to the church. These people cannot run the nation. We cannot allow that to happen. And I feel like there's like this fucking sacred cow that Christianity has become and religious freedom has become where it's like we can't say shit about them like we're supposed to just tolerate their fucking religious beliefs but it's like we're way past that you are enforcing your beliefs on other people and they think that they have the right to do that they think that they're entitled to everything you know like they can make decisions about other people's bodies they can make decisions about you know whether or not people are own go to heaven of, yeah go to go to heaven it's just a judgmental environment F people feel empowered by religion to pass judgment regardless of what their texts say regardless of anything they they feel like they have some sense of authority because they are religious and they, yeah, they can um, tell like people what to do they're building up white men to such an extent that they think that they can do it. Like Christian, Christian men, oh my God, like they are controlling, abusive, they're entitled, they don't understand the like implications of the things they do and they say. I remember once in when I was with we were trying to drive out of the um, apartment complex and there was a church nearby and it was a Sunday morning. And there were two white dudes in SUVs and they had blocked the entire road because they lined up their driver's windows to face each other so that they could talk. And we honked at them so that they would move and we could get through. And the guy was just like, just go around, just go around. And it's like, no, fuck you. If you want to talk, go do it in the parking lot. Like, yeah, what the hell? You're blocking traffic. That's 
just complete disregard for how their actions affect anyone else. So frustrating. It's so easy now to tell your story, to put your picture up on the internet, to tell your experience, what you were made to go through, and everybody can see it. It's harder to keep people silent in the age of the internet. And I I hope that that will make the difference and that these people will actually be forced to reckon with the damage that they caused. Absolutely. Like, I think that we live in a society now that we can really see what other people are thinking and what other people are experiencing and we can really help to empower one another and I hope that that results in people becoming more sensitive to what other people are experiencing because you know they're just a click away basically from being able to understand or at least trying to understand someone's difference of opinion and why they feel strongly one way or the other and also with like evangelical culture just continuing to like spiral inward on itself these people do not understand how callous and fucked up the things that they say are and now the things that they say are being held up to the light and the people who are like on the fence or weren't invested either way they can see how fucking cruel this shit actually is yeah and i think that for the first time kind of in like white patriarchal society people have to actually be quite careful about what they say because people are listening and people are paying attention and they can get bit right in the ass for um, being an asshole and doing something racist probably because of the environment that we live in we since we do live in the U.S. and we live in like a fairly conservative state of course we're probably going to be more exposed to the extremists of Christianity as opposed to something else so whether your experiences been different or not you know we just it's not well, yeah, very I mean, <laughs> christian of them to be too the thing is like it is unfairly weighted because the christians who aren't assholes don't get it credit for going around not being assholes it's the ones who are yelling and causing problems for everyone that get the attention. A positive thing also, if you have uh, certain insurances and you join uh, what they call as like a pill club, they'll go ahead and send you the maximum number of birth control pills that are allowed on your program, uh, on your insurance for free. That's a good resource. That's very so, good. So yeah, look into pill club. You don't think that you'll use it it might be worthwhile to have it just in case you need to be there for someone else and also on that note uh if we have anyone listening who wants to share a story with anything around this feel free to reach out to us at our email edens edens Edens. podcast at gmail.com you can and if you would like to be anonymous uh just let us know in the email because we want to put as many of these stories out there as possible absolutely yeah we want to we want to share stories we want to commiserate on how rough this time is for everyone um, and also like hey if they're so goddamn moral why do they have to do it in the shadows right <laughs> Well, and the fact that this came out of left field, like, I don't know. 
I think a lot of people thought that Roe v. Wade was pretty safe. Maybe a good sin to recommend is taking birth control? Yeah, whatever is good for your body. You know, whether you have an implant or birth control or you just practice safe sex and use condoms. Whatever you need to do that's best for your body. I hope that any babies that are born, my wish for them is that they will know that they were chosen and that they were planned and that their family waited for the right moment to bring them into this world. This next bit was recorded after the decision was made official and... We're jumping into a conversation about how shitty it felt to have multiple grown adult men meddling in my sex life and actively preventing me from accessing decent sex education. To have this moment of like turning 18 and explicitly being on the market and having everyone in the church gossiping about whether or not I was going to start dating someone or who I was going to start dating. As well as just like having several adult men in my church personally interfering with my life to try to keep me from learning more about sex. Oh my god. Which was really bizarre. Like my drummer in my band that I played in was always trying to keep me from knowing anything about sex and he would enlist my brother in helping with this like he told my brother that he needed to keep my ex-husband in line when we started dating and then he was also the guy that I played in a concert and I was moving around too much while I was playing guitar so he told my brother to tell me not to move around on stage while I play guitar. And I just later on had to figure out that it was because my boobs were moving too much. Oh my gosh. It's like we did a cover of Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers in one of the bands. And so my ex-husband had given me a copy of the Red Hot Chili Peppers Greatest Hits album. And my drummer looked at me and he's like, Kim, don't get interested in the Red Hot Chili Peppers and he used that voice that I'm like, oh, it's this is about sex. That's what that voice means. I was just like, dude, you're too late. <laughs> like, I like I'm already sorry. Wow. Like, and that's such a weird thing that, like, every man in a church feels like they have some entitlement towards, like, what women that they meet inside of a church that would be like, oh, I need to protect them, or, you know, I need to, you know, they have this, like, sense that, like, they have some sort of ownership over these women. Well, you see it. You see it in these videos that come out where, like, grown adult men are harassing teenage girls on the beach. Mm -hmm for wearing bikinis and then just completely unironically believing that what they are doing is for this girl's own good and you're just like dude you have absolutely no right to talk to anyone that way yeah like you don't get to tell someone what to wear and they shouldn't be able to tell people what to do with their bodies period and it was so frustrating to me because it was like from childhood on I got a lot of messaging that like I am not allowed to like the boys so being in this position where I was shamed for anything that could be perceived as remotely sexual and having absolutely no way of knowing what was sexual or not was so fucking frustrating like I was talking to my dad and another one of the band members about loving to eat pickles and the way that I was describing eating pickles like it was about blowjobs and I personally love to give blowjobs I love to suck dick 
that's obviously a sexual predilection on my part, but having so little knowledge that I couldn't even understand myself that that was sexual and just having my dad and my band member laughing at me and never telling me why. I just had to grow up and find out about it later. God, it's so gross and annoying. And then after all that to be like, well, I'm going to to sit through the sex education part of health class. I'm not going to get signed out. And what do they do in that? They say they're going to bring in a vagina and a dick in a jar. And they just brought in like little, little clumps of tissue floating around in a jar. And they said that they were a diseased dick and vagina. And oh then they goodness. just showed us pictures of diseased dicks and vaginas. So it's just like, I can't get any information anywhere. Right. What the system provided was, like, fell short. Didn't provide anyone any meaningful information. And that's because the church was controlling it at that point. It was the abstinence-only education that, like, even fucking uh, Bill Clinton put funding into abstinence-only education because the fucking churches were running our school. Yeah, and fuck Bill Clinton. And fuck politicians in general. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. You're supposed to represent the people, but, like, you don't give individuals the rights to govern themselves. Like, when it comes to things like this, and it comes to sex education, and especially by the time that kids, by the time they're in high school, for sure, that you should give children as much knowledge as they can to make their own decisions and then discuss it with their parents. And there are people who are qualified to make decisions about what's appropriate, at what age, what information is okay to share and what isn't. There are, like, childcare experts and, and teachers and psychologists, like, all of these people who study these things so that we can have these answers only for uh, religious leaders and politicians to end up making those decisions for everyone anyway. Right. The, the work and the science and the behavioral studies have been done and like still, you know, even though they know that it provides value and it prevents like... Well, it prevents abortion. And it prevents abortions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still don't... I still don't let people do it because who the fuck knows? Like it, it goes right. against like any sort of like real knowledge or like measuring of success if you were tracking it just based on statistics and like what is actually considered like the outcome of making these changes banning abortion or leaving it to the states who are going to choose to ban abortion especially if you're in the bible belt you know right right uh, place like you're it's going to end up with more more death death. yeah just more lots of lots of unhappy people and they already who already can't feed themselves because poverty and hunger is incredibly rampant already and you're just like yeah no let's force a whole bunch more babies to be born like i've been thinking a lot lately about how breathtakingly evil it is to have these churches and to cultivate these people to mistrust science and to cultivate them in believing that if something is true, you should be able to explain it in 10 minutes or less. So you have these people who are being exploited by their pastors, exploited by their political leaders. The amount of money that they're taking from these people is insane. Plus with churches, you can't trace any of that. 
the amount of fraud that goes on in church money is astronomical and unquantifiable because we can't look at it. We're not allowed to look at church finances. And then to alienate these people from the people who would be able to help them and to tell them that like we're their enemy and they can't trust us because we're all just sinners and we're all liars and we're lying to them. God, that's evil. That's really evil. You know, you brought up something that I hadn't really considered before, but the fact that they're not transparent about how they spend their money, and they expect tithe, but they don't tell you how they spend it. I wonder, like, can I go to a church and be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm interested in like joining your, your church, um, can you show me your books? You know, <laughs> like, I, I encourage more people to do that, like, if, if you're a part of a church... Yeah. You should find you out deserve. how they're spending your money, especially you if you're paying. To know that. Like, especially if you're paying something like ten percent, like they expected it, like the church that I went to growing up. Yeah, that was, was a mine ton too. Of money. That's, like, that's like not actually in the Bible anywhere. No, that's bordering on like Jesus flipping tables. You know, like right, it, like they are the money lenders. They in are the, church. the money lenders. And they are the Pharisees. And they use this fact, like all of this fucking projection that goes on with like, well, the gays have an agenda. It's called the gay agenda. And they're trying to turn everyone gay. And because they have this agenda, that justifies us to come up with a counter agenda and to put money into charities and causes that actually damage the gay community. Like, the amount of projection is insane. And it is, again, because they have also demonized psychiatry and therapy. So these people who are fucking broken and traumatized from all of this spiritual abuse have been cultured to be afraid of the very people who could help them. Right. Like, you should be able to reach out to people and feel like you're going to be supported yeah you deserve that you deserve to see a therapist you deserve it it's hard because as i'm starting to go back to interacting with some of these people that i grew up with and like the older adults in this it's like trying to convince someone that they're in an abusive relationship because you're like you, you can't just believe everything that trump tells you he's a man he has self-interest he's using you <laughs> like, a lot of self-interest, let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> All like, politicians oh, have self-interest. Some are Fox News, way worse than others. Fox News just deciding not to carry the January 6th hearings, just not to air them at all. And it's like, you understand that Trump is cucking you, right? He's right. convinced you that everything that they say about him is a lie, so you don't need to listen at all. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is looking at you like, how are you letting him scam you this badly? Because he's not doing a good job. <laughs> No, not doing a good job, actively doing a poor job at some things, like, you know, reporting on and, like, making friends with, like, Russia and Putin right before they're about to, like, take over another country illegitimately, which is still going on, right, at this moment, but, you know, it's not popular to talk about anymore because other things... Like, it's not even just that he's scamming them. He's doing it really badly. Yeah. And <laughs> and these people are just brainwashed into there's, not even getting the information for themselves to make a decision. There's so much evidence that this guy is 
like a complete and utter fraud and asshole and like not even close to being a legitimate Christian. And like, he always has been. You can look over the course of his career and he has always been a pile of shit who right. is rich enough to fail and not have it affect him negatively. Right. I was hearing about like, okay, so I watch a show called Weekly Weird News sometimes and they were talking about how he's probably never driven a car, you know, but he's for some reason every man's man. But like he's probably never had to drive a car in his life. He's probably never learned how to ride a bicycle. He's not a normal person. Well, you know, he's the super, you know super rich person. You know what I can confirm as true is that when little little Donald Trump needed to do his paper route and it was raining out his chauffeur drove him around to do his paper route right <laughs> how many people have a fucking chauffeur when they're a kid this myth around him as a self-made man and you know what really weirds me out is the amount of <laughs> flags that i see with trump photoshopped onto rambo what? like what? yeah like I've seen cars. Have fucking you seen dr- this man? He is rotund. That man right. is no like, Rambo. Maybe, maybe if he did look that jacked, I would understand it a little bit more. Why people are so fucking loyal to him, but he doesn't. No, it's a mess. Oh, okay, and I don't want to shit on this guy because he's not conventionally well, attractive, but like, but you know, just... I feel like a a lot of the anger around that comes from the fact that they're like idealizing and glorifying these men who are not even attractive because the standards we set for these rich white men is so fucking low. It just makes me crazy that people, like, in someone's mind, or in, like, enough people's mind, they thought it was appropriate to Photoshop his face onto Rambo. Like, and then that... have a flag made. And have a fucking flag made. That's just insane. So they can drive up and down in a parade that I have to watch. Gross. And it is just, like, gradually trying to introduce the idea to these people that I love that like you deserve so much better than this it's not just about the harm that he's doing to everybody else the people that he is most exploiting they are his fan base they are the poor Americans they are the people who don't have health care and yet they will be the same people to defend not instating health care it just I It always bamboozles me. They're just so good at manipulating people. It's exhausting and frustrating. Like, I reach the point with a lot of these people where I, in having political conversations with them, I feel like I'm punching down because they've just been so restricted in the information that they are allowed to access or have been already brainwashed into not trusting anything that they read that isn't positive about the things they already agree with. The whole thing is tough. It is. I'm going to talk about my experiences with birth control briefly. I want to humanize this because they are actively dehumanizing our side just wanted to preface it with one more thing before you get started but like not only is it overturning roe v wade but it's it's trying to overturn so many things and basically stating that the in clarence thomas he just basically stated that like 
they're after same-sex marriage. They're coming after contraception. contraception. Period. Now that that's a whole other fucking ball game. Okay, so my journey with fertility, I went through puberty and then I stopped having periods and lost my body hair. And then as I healed, I went through puberty again. And at that point, I was having periods two back to back. So I would have a period one week, it would stop. And then a couple of days later, I'd have another period. They did have to put me on like a low dose contraceptive to regulate those periods have always been excruciatingly painful for me to the extent that like I couldn't walk I was incapacitated when I did get married and I got kicked off of my parents insurance at 19 I was trying to find a method of birth control that would work for me and I wound up at Planned Parenthood I knew that I couldn't take the pill because of my lupus but they tried to put an IUD in me and they couldn't because my cervix was too small then I was on the Depo-Provera shot for like a year or six months or so which caused me to bleed every day so I was just bleeding every day for a long period of time so then there was just basically there was absolutely no contraceptive that it was safe for me to take aside from using condoms we did that for a couple of years my doctor had told me when I was sick that if I ever got pregnant at a minimum I would have to be on bed rest for the entire pregnancy so then I'm with my ex-husband and I just know like I cannot have a child with this man and condoms are not a foolproof option to be married to someone, you know, and still using condoms. Like I was hyper afraid that I would get pregnant and then, you know, have to keep it and have to be on bed rest and all of this medical care with a partner who already wouldn't buy me my fucking blood pressure medication. So I made the decision to get my tubes tied, and thankfully, they let me do that because my kidneys were so bad, which puts me in the weird position of feeling grateful that I am sick enough and in such a way that they did not refuse to allow me to get my tubes tied. I've spoken to several women who needed medically necessary uh, hysterectomies and were denied them and were told that they needed to have a couple kids first before they were willing to take out their uterus, which... For someone who's sick enough and has decided, I don't want to have children, you're just kind of in permanent limbo because you can't have kids, but they won't take your uterus out unless you have a couple, you give a couple kids to a dude. I know that it was the right decision to make for me and for my body, and I did feel that it would be irresponsible for me to get pregnant considering my health and my mental health at the time, but it felt like I didn't get to sit with that decision and make it on my own it felt like I had to do it under terrible circumstances then because my periods were so painful and because of lupus and my kidneys I can't take over-the-counter pain relievers except for Tylenol I was being prescribed narcotics for my period pain which lasted for two weeks fully half of the month I was in too much pain to walk So I went in for my prescription one month and the nurse practitioner said, hey, look, this might sound kind of extreme, but would you consider getting it taken out? And I was like, oh my God, yes, please do it. And that was the best decision I've ever made. And looking back at times in my life where I didn't have food to eat, the idea of trying to figure out how I was going to pay for pads and tampons is a fucking nightmare. And on that note, I'm going to recommend a charity called Hashtag Happy Period. It is a Black-led organization. They partner with a menstrual cup 
they have live events where they talk to people about having periods and give away free menstrual cups, then they receive a portion of all the sales of that menstrual cup, which they use to put free vending machines with period products in homeless shelters. And I will be posting a link to donate to them in the description of this episode. It makes me feel guilty almost because I got mine. Like I got my hysterectomy and that made my life a million times easier. And there are women out there who are literally told, well, but your husband might want kids someday. And it makes me absolutely crazy because there's also just like, it doesn't matter if you identify a woman, they still won't take your uterus out. You know, like I've known people who are transitioning and they won't like tie their tubes because they're like, oh, what if you change your mind? And it's like, not only is that incredibly presumptuous of you, but also like it's denying people the comfort of their own identities. But also like it should just, you know, I, I get it. I get it that... The expectation is that if you have a uterus, you carry on the legacy of humankind and you bring more people into the earth, yada, yada, yada. But, like, that's not your decision. That's not the decision. And they don't <laughs> do the surgery the day you ask for it. No. It takes months to get all of that. plenty of opportunities arranged. between then and the time it's done to change and your also, mind. It's weird to me that the cultural expectation is that you should always, just in case, you might want to have kids just in case. Like, I feel like the threshold for having children should be higher than, but what if there's no one around to care for me when I'm older? Like, the threshold for having children should be, I want to have children. I have decided that I want to have children and I'm going to have children. Like, it should be intentional. At a minimum... You know, yeah. even it, at it, it's intentional or, you know, if you get pregnant and you determine that you want to keep it like that's your choice, too. But like through every step of the process, someone with a uterus needs to be able to make that decision themselves without yeah. interference. And it shouldn't be like looked down on in general. You shouldn't look down on people who choose not to have children. I, again, I think that that can be an honorable choice to make. I, I hate this cultural expectation that it is something that everybody wants and that right. you should prioritize it even if it's not something you actively want. It's, there's just so much that goes with having a child. It's a serious major decision for someone to make and it shouldn't be determined by politicians no no god oh, and like as i saw pointed out in a, a twitter post someone posted on my facebook we are creating a system in which if someone can successfully get a person pregnant against their will they are now obligated to that child they have incentivized sexual assault in this way if you can get them pregnant they have to keep it that is historically been a thing that has happened think they're going to leave them oh i'm just not going to wear a condom you know poke like, holes and, in my condoms yeah yeah poke holes in their condoms and just like try and get them pregnant to try to keep them in their life to keep that control or all of our systems in place are destructive to any gender, usually. Like, the way that we handle this is not good for anyone right. with child support and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it's just we're just not setting people up for success. And we're not setting up children to have happy lives. People who are forced to have 
to bear the children that they didn't want to. You know, sometimes it does work out, but a lot of the time it's fraught with trauma and stress and it, you know, it takes a toll on people. And just like knowing how fragile human beings are, you're looking at looking at it, you're just like, it's so easy to traumatize people, these cycles that just repeat themselves endlessly over and over again. And it's like, well, but we need to make sure that baby gets born because it might have a happy life. Like what? <laughs> just, that's a good justification for me when I'm explaining to myself why I want to keep on living. That's not a good justification for bringing a person into the world. Exactly. Like, things do get better. And, like, sometimes a child is a gift to a person. Like, it gives someone a reason to move forward. But you should never go into it assuming that. And you should always honor the person's decision one way or the other when they're given the opportunity to make that decision. Like, I'm not saying that every child that was a mistake shouldn't exist, but let people have that authority. Like, let people make that decision for themselves. It always is so weird to me, this perspective of like, well, I was I was accidental and I was adopted and I would be really sad if I was never born. Like you literally wouldn't be because you wouldn't be here to experience that emotion. Like that's not that's not how things work. Like if you were never born, you wouldn't be around to be sad about it. That doesn't make any sense. And I've heard the reverse, too. I've heard people who were planned, who were kids, you know, and they were like, I resent ever being born. I don't know why my parents had me. Like, and they come from privileged backgrounds with parents who care about them. So it's it's not a metric that you can use in any realistic way. There are going to be sad people. There are going to be happy people. There are going to be people with lived experiences. Just let people make their own decisions about their bodies because... And uh, like just fundamentally on a spiritual level, I don't believe it's murder. I was chosen. I was planned. My parents tried for six years to have me and to get to that. And like not even to say anything bad about my parents or the way that they raised me, but they couldn't have predicted that I would have lupus. They couldn't have predicted that my kidneys would fail. Like all of these things that I still have to survive through. And I was planned. There's so much struggling in the world. Why would you want to inflict that on a person who wasn't necessarily in a good position to be born? I don't know. I think that it is, in a lot of ways, cruel. And I just think that regardless of any of the emotional feelings that we have tied to childbearing and all of these things, that it shouldn't be in our government. You know, like no. all of this religious conjecture, all of this existent, like the soul is created uh, on conception. It's neither here nor there. No one has the right to inflict like other people's beliefs on us. And it's just like if you actually cared about children, there are millions of things you could do to make a bigger impact than this. Like, are you going to address food insecurity? Are you going to address poverty? Are you going to address health care? Are you going to address the school to prison pipeline? No, because it has never been about caring about people. It's about keeping people in poverty and in bondage and easy to control. So I know not really 
the uplifting message, but it's a shitty situation. We have to take away from what, what we will, but I know that people won't stand for this forever, especially if they start to go after other less divisive points. I mean, if if the polls are believed to be true, 80% of the U.S., believed that it was a woman's choice. Like most people wanted to keep abortion accessible to anyone who wanted to have one. I would like to put out a call to my Christian friends that are good people and don't believe in this kind of control to this degree. I would love to see you guys starting to hold these fringe groups accountable because I can say all of this shit And like a far-right conservative Christian who's deep into this culture is not going to listen to me because I'm a sinner. They need to hear people within their own communities standing up for what's right. Yeah, I mean, I share with family members who do not have the same stance that I do. But yeah, just, just have these conversations. Let people know. Let people know that you know people who have experienced the traumas associated with needing or having to get an abortion or, you know, being put in a position where it seemed like the only choice. And then listen, listen, and listen and like be empathetic and allow yourself to empathize with someone who you may not agree with. Take the opportunity to have a conversation and treat people like people. Do you feel like internet is going to make a difference in this, especially when you have a group that's like so heavily controlled and limited in the information that they have access to? It's harder to hide your deeds when the internet exists. You know, it's not like these things that happen in the shadows and the average citizen doesn't know what's going on in this other place somewhere else. People can speak up now. I do feel like eventually there's going to be a cultural shift where some of these hardline Trump supporters realize the degree to which they've been exploited and I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. I don't know. I feel like it's going to happen after the fact because they're so stubborn right now not to see all the red flags the thousands of red flags the fields and fields of red flags you know hopefully they do come to terms with it that like this this is not a good person they don't stand for my values they only stand for their own self-interest but it's it's gonna have to be something that they have to accept and i mean not everybody will but no i just (laughs) it I, I try to keep that in mind when I talk to people of just like, I know what it feels like to have a worldview that you've been brainwashed with for your entire life come collapsing down around you. It's difficult. <laughs> it's not easy. So I try to approach with compassion and empathy out of that. Do you have any experiences with like birth control or anything like that that you want to share personally? Or Definitely. Like, you know, when I first started actually having a a sex life I uh, went in and the person who took me was actually my grandma because at the time my mother and father had separated and I just couldn't I just couldn't ask my dad to go with me to go to the doctor for birth control it was like not even an option like there's just no way I would ever have that conversation so you know I was talking to my grandma my grandma's a pretty down-to-earth person and she was just like yeah I'll, I'll go with you to your doctor's appointment and make sure that you're able to get on birth control and the pill was 
fine, I guess. And that's what I started taking when I was in high school. It did give me a lot of mood swings that were unusual. It affected me emotionally and like mentally in ways that were not great. And so I actually stopped taking it. Like I didn't stay on it. I had a hard time going to the doctor. And for a long time, I just didn't have health care. And this was before preventative care was covered fully by insurance too. So like that's only been since like, I don't know, like 2008 or something that (laughs) an appointment would be fully covered by your insurance for preventative care. So yeah, it was both expensive and difficult for me to go. And I could see how someone in a similar economic situation living with their dad, you know, you could just end up getting pregnant. I was super fortunate over all the years, like feels like oversharing, but I feel like I have to share it because I'm sure that this has been people's experience, but most of the time, you know, we of of course like did use condoms, but like most of the time they just pulled out like my, with my ex and we dated for five years. And so, like, I was extraordinarily fortunate to have never gotten pregnant. But that was my situation. Like, I, I, I being on birth control kind of made me sick and uncomfortable. And I didn't have health care. And so I was afraid to go. And I never had $100 around, like, when I was in college. They made, like, $40,000 a year with my parents combined most of the time. Not, But not the kind of family where you can afford to drop $100 a month on birth control just yeah because yeah or like go to doctor's appointments or like try and I didn't even know how to advocate for different birth control I was just like yeah just give me the birth control I I don't know what's out there like I had no idea that there was IUDs or other things I was just like oh yeah I'm sure it's probably just the pill and like the first doctor I talked to was a man and he didn't really give me other options he was just like yeah this is what we have later on in Mm -hmm. life I found out about implants, and so I've been on Nexplanon for the last nine years. Amazingly more convenient. I do unfortunately have periods still on birth control and have had historically had really heavy periods. So that's just kind of my situation is that, you know, up until I started really actually making money and graduated, I it was kind of just luck, kind of dumb luck that I never got pregnant because it, it was just condoms and, you know, pulling out. That's just I could have easily been like a person and I, I've had to take plan B before. I have had some scares. Where I was like, okay, like, you know, I I don't know if we were able to make it that time, like, and I would be freaked out and then have to go to CVS and like pay the $50 for the two pills that I would take. Then you would have just like a really rough period, but it was, you sort of felt more secure that you just like, you weren't going to get pregnant. And that's too, that these tough experiences, like these are the things that I don't want kids to have to go through anymore. I don't want kids to have to be scared and alone and and not have access and not have information. I want them to have better access than I did. Yeah, better access to information through like public schooling or just, you know, let people know what their options are. Like talk about birth control, tell people about what to expect from a period, tell people how big babies are made you know the the whole business and like about alternatives to sex like you know there's a lot of things that kids can do that are still a lot of fun that aren't having sex like i think right right just need to be super transparent about these things 
that is one thing that specifically it's like sex does not have to mean penetrative p and v sex which is another thing that like because we have demonized it so much I know, at least for me, it was so demonized to the extent and I did not have access to any kind of information and I didn't know anything about it. Then when I started having any kind of sex at all, it was like immediately 100 miles per hour, go, go, go. Like I had no way of understanding what was happening or knowing how to mitigate my own risks. Yeah, and I just think that people need to allow themselves to feel awkward and have these conversations and, you know, make public conversations because people don't know. And it's kind of a parenting cop-out to do this whole, just don't have it. It's for marriage. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. It's for marriage. And, you know, best case scenario, you get married at 19 and you fumblingly figure it out with a person who's equally as uneducated and and experienced as you are. Like, I know that it's something that we culturally are uncomfortable with, but we can't keep demonizing sex to this degree, keeping it this thing that is simultaneously everywhere, but also taboo. Like, that's how you give someone fucked up issues in their sexuality. Just try not to attach your own fears to the information you're passing on to your children about it. Yeah. Personally, if I were going to do a sex ed, I would make it internet-based, and I would make it free, and I would make it very standard, very, like, plain language and compassionate, and you'd be like, well, my kid hit a certain age, and so you'd sit them down on the website, and then they can learn with very, very clear, informative, delivered with compassion, and is inclusive to all different kinds of sexual expression. Like, I know that we live in a time where kids can sort of just Google anything, but I don't think that, like, when you're young like that, you even know what to look for. No, like, like I would want it to be... find the wrong things, you know? Yeah, I would... <laughs> I would want it to be, like, a pinned post. Like, anytime someone Googles sex, it's the first thing that shows up. Right. Like... <laughs> <laughs> intro to sex sex 101 for curious children right such a failure in our government and just like so much frustration and i hope that we are able to fix this and get people back to having the rights that they deserve you deserve better from your elected officials than this <laughs> right you know put ourselves out there make sure that you know that people know how you feel and your experiences so they can make informed decisions and think that, oh, this just isn't something that affects me or anyone I love. Because chances are, even the people who don't think it's something that affects them directly, it really does. So indulge in the sin of knowledge. I think that's yes. like that always most... keep learning. Allow yourself to continue to push yourself and overshare a little bit every now and then. <laughs> i'm always happy to talk about the things that fucked me up in pursuit of knowledge for the greater general public so absolutely even though it's like tune out do what i did learn from it please (laughs) like don't don't live that life let my experiences be the example for why you don't do that to people yes Okay, so we're going to wrap things up with some recording that I did with guest Dion Deviation. You can find them on Instagram and various other places under that name. I wanted to talk with them about the kind of demonization that 
people who believe in abortion experience with regards to our spiritual beliefs and, you know, whether or not we're pro-murder. I This is a f- informal. I'm just going to edit it down. I did like two recordings with Val yeah. and half of both of those recordings are just missing. It's going to be what it's going to be at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, good. yeah. Welcome guest Dion back to the Eden's Apple podcast. Great to have you. It's good to be back. It's just you and me this time because uh, Val has so much going on at the moment, but she was excited to hear that you'd be recording with me again. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah, a lot of life to live at the turning of the season here, huh? Yeah, no kidding. How was your super moon? Oh, gosh, it was absolutely beautiful. I didn't do anything. Well, I don't want to say I didn't do anything special because I really am trying to uh, rethink that concept of special every moment where we get to be non-capitalist and non-productive and just sit right you know, out under the moonlight for a little bit that is special so it is yeah that was I just got to sit with it a little bit yeah doing the things what about that you? are the actual life part of living right <laughs> versus undomesticated humanity versus the making money to survive part of living i had a good i did mostly just like the standard things i do on a full moon uh i made some moon water and i have like a tarot Mm -hmm. reading that i do it was good what i wanted to talk to you about was that kind of alternative spiritual interaction with the concept of abortion because it seems like the stereotype around people who are pro-choice is that we're like cold-hearted science Mm. bitches and we don't care about the babies and how can you do that i'm a spiritual person and i have spiritual beliefs around this that like accommodate abortion and so i wanted to talk about that because i do get tired of just feeling like my conservative relatives and friends view me as like a murderer that's an extremely fucked up narrative that we've positioned around this 100 and that by somehow thinking that i really hate that people put the argument as oh you either don't care about babies or you are cold-hearted and being so science and, and not that even science is bad it's just more so that isn't the issue like for me a big part of it is a pivotal part of my spiritual belief is that we all are in control of our own bodies yeah bodily autonomy like of the the vessels that we live in are sacred to us and no one at all, including someone who is inhabiting your body, should be able to tell you what to do with it. Yeah. Like, and it, so it's not this like, oh, well, it's just a cluster of cells. Like, not that no. there's a problem with that, but also like bodily autonomy. Hello. Like. Right. And I like, yeah. I, th- I did see, I think in Florida, a Jewish synagogue is suing because they believe that the person acquires their soul when they take their first breath, which mm. makes more sense to me. I mean, even if like that used to be the primary evangelical Christian belief as well, it makes yeah. sense if you believe that Adam became a human when God put the breath of life into him. It makes sense yeah. to follow that babies become human when they draw their first breath. Yeah, but yeah, that's actually what I learned as well when I was a kid. Um, the congregation I was a part of was very much into the concept of breath of life. That very specifically changed when evangelicals realized they were losing the battle for segregation. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. As well as the numbers. As yes. fewer and fewer people are practicing 
Christianity and especially radical Christianity in that essence, like extremist Christianity, I, I believe they're turning to Foursquare as a way to keep their numbers up. I really 100% believe that. That and the way that this those churches operate, they require their congregants to be whipped into a frenzy at all times. They yes. have to be fighting for something. And if yes. they can't be fighting for segregation, they're going to be fighting against abortion and against like go. the trans people and against the gay yep. people. Yep. They need these very diverse social issues to drive yes. up those donations and to drive up engagement with their congregation. 100%. It's all about having a rallying cry, something that they can feel like they're expressing martyrdom over, like some deep form of like, they have this need to be oppressed. Right. They need to feel oppressed about something. You hit that nail on the head. Yeah. And then just, you're just not going to get that much money coming in if you're not fighting a war. Yeah. That is what drives the donations. Uh, So like my spiritual beliefs around childbirth and the way that that works, I believe that it is like this fundamental process of alchemy that begins at conception and progresses as the fetus develops. And it is between the universe and the fetus and the person who is pregnant to decide whether or not to bring that process into fruition and to bring that soul into the world. I believe that it is an incredibly huge responsibility to make the choice to bring a soul into the world. So for me, choosing to say, I'm not in the position to do that. I can't provide a good life for this soul. I can't Mm -hmm. support this soul. It's not the right time. That is a very honorable decision to make Mm -hmm. do you have any like spiritual beliefs around the process that you would like to share yeah totally at first I actually do want to back up a bit for people listening um to my vocal tone for those of you who uh, haven't heard me in other episodes I am trans and I am intersex I do have a uterus though I am not certain that it works doctors in the past have told me it is not properly connected but (laughs) um that's a fun medical story for some other day however um having grown up being raised to be a woman in the extremist evangelical they call themselves non-denominational right uh, yeah uh-huh. and it's like um, shut up you're like three denominations <laughs> yes for real it was like pentecostal evangelical like and it had like a little hint of some type of pseudo catholicism in there but anyway the concept of bodily autonomy is taken from you from step one mm-hmm. like as soon as you are old enough to say you know oh look I went to the potty or something. I'm talking simple. It's like, no, you didn't go to the potty. The Lord blessed you with the ability to go to the potty. Oh, good and now God. That, that sounds petty, but that puts something in your head from square one that you are not a person. You are either your parents belonging or you are this product of some miraculous sky daddy who's always like responsible for, oh, look, I made an A on my test. No, you didn't make an A. You were blessed with the grace of blood. You know, and it, it's little, but it's that's how they start. Right, if you- yeah do something wrong it's you if you do Mm -hmm. anything right it's god it's god exactly it and it's even funny when they decide to bring in the devil versus you if they do something wrong it's that they were tempted by sin if you do something wrong it was just you yeah because you're you're a bad person that's why you're a bad person yes yes and so those concepts of autonomy are you don't have any from the beginning you're not allowed to dress yourself ways you want you're not allowed to eat what you want express what you want 
Um, so for me, as I came out of that world and um, realized that people weren't living like that, because that's the other problem, right? I had no idea that there were people who weren't experiencing what I experienced. In right. Situation. So upon learning that, I, you know, just looked at all sorts of other beliefs. And in putting together my own kind of chaotic spirituality, I really do think every one of our bodies is sacred. And we should do what it is that honors our physical existence and psychosocial, emotional existence as well. So I 100% believe in birth as this extraordinary creation process that humans can do, right? But that being, no matter when that being starts to be a, I'm going to use the word like life TM, no matter when that life TM occurs, you are still the first person who owned your body. Yes. Yours. It's yours. And whatever you choose has to be right for you. Because just like you said, what if you're not ready? What if you're not in a a point yourself where you can take care of another being? What if you don't want to take care of another being for at least 18 years, at least, right? Right. And and, and that doesn't matter why. Maybe you want to party some more. Maybe you physically, your body can't, you don't think your body can handle it. Like it is yours. It's your body. It's your sacred vessel that you get to be in for the rest of your mortal existence, at least, right? Right. So I, I, I just can't think of it any other way than each person getting to make choices for their own And it's existence. hard to have those kinds of discussions with groups of people who have been conditioned into believing that they don't own their own bodies. Yes, yes. And, yeah, and that's it right there. And it is just like this divide where both sides think that the other side is calloused. And it's like, mm-hmm. personally, I think it's calloused to bring a, a human being in the world that you can't care for and to treat adoption as if it's just like this simple, well, mm-hmm. easy solution when it is it is like a crapshoot of its own. Like there are so many yes. people suffering in the world and human beings are so fragile. It, it, like if we can campaign for smaller class sizes so that mm-hmm. we can devote more resources to the children who are in the classes, why can't yeah. we campaign for like bringing less people into the world so we can devote more resources to the people who are there yeah yeah so the concept too of working with what we have right because that's right. the point is that there are so many children on earth right now who don't have the care that they need and people are acting like oh i'll take your baby and it's like like what? bitch no you are won't. you kidding me you won't and even if you did why and why no, should i trust you, you to do a good job with it exactly there are so many people who have trauma around I have quite a few friends who are adoptees, both transnational adoptees, as well as people who, for instance, were adopted by an aunt or, you know what I mean? Like how within family someone, and there is already so much trauma around both that process, feelings of belonging, but then also all the people who weren't, who weren't among the quote chosen, you know, and, and that comes with its own. So it's like, no, that's not a solution. It's not a solution for everybody. And the reality is certain types of children are wanted. Yeah. Right. So the truth is, right. you, know, <laughs> you know, we all know how it works. Like There's little, still going to be babies who aren't wanted because of various yeah. reasons. All sorts of stuff. And what's funny about the people bringing that up is none of them have adopted. Right. There are children out there right now who they didn't adopt. So and excuse like, me? Just from me personally, I feel like I have a relatively unique experience and that I was unequivocally planned and wanted my parents tried for six years before they had me not only did they want me my dad knew from the beginning 
that I was going to mm. be a girl and he wanted a girl. He was not a dad who was like, no, it's got to be a boy or nothing. Yeah. All of that. And I still was raised in a cult. There was still physical and emotional and spiritual abuse. I mm. had kidney problems. I almost died. I've been suicidal mm. for the majority of my life. The idea of trying to convince myself to stay in it and keep living and yeah. also having to know that I wasn't planned or wanted like how yeah. how it's already so hard <laughs> like yeah exactly and it's just so much nuance to it as well I think that's another hard one is people try to logic with these evangelicals and such when it's like the, the, it's not logical no you it's not use it's logic not a rational thought process there you go it's not rational at all they they are literally just making it up as they go because well, and I part of me feels like it's what you said that they've already been indoctrinated that they aren't in control of their own bodies or lives. It's just like external right. locus of control. Everything is somebody else's fault, right? Whether it be God or the devil or something. But I also think it's out of fear. If suddenly you were to accept full bodily autonomy, that it's your body, you do with it as you want, you've made decisions, then they'd have to be responsible for all the decisions that they've made. And I do try to have a certain amount of compassion on people, which is hard because a lot of them do the absolute best they can to not deserve that compassion. But they have also, like, they are the products of generations of programming to mistrust science, to mistrust education. We have essentially a culture of people who have decided to stop evolving along with the rest of us. They are decades behind. So, you know, and I think, too, that there's a certain, with both the childbirth debate and the debate with trans people, they don't have an understanding with how absolutely fucking wild biology actually is. Oh, right, right. Where the it's amount like, of people who truly believe what they learned in second grade about it's an X and a Y or X and a, and they really think it's that something. Right. And it's like, dude, if you knew how fucked up it all was, you would be terrified. And that's why you don't want to engage with it. Like, yeah, because, yeah, even something like me being intersex, people hear intersex and they immediately think about, oh, so you must have an XXY or XYY or XX, you know, and it's like, no, actually, for me, I don't know what my chromosomes are, but there are multiple ways that you can be intersex. Mine was purely hormonal. My mom had an accident when she was pregnant. She um, had like a skating accident. My mom was very young. She had a rollerblading. No, not rollerblading. Oh. What do you call the four wheel skate? She had a four wheel skate accident. Yeah, she had a four-wheel skate accident, and then she got appendicitis. Oh, no. First, while she was pregnant with me, and she had a huge surgery. And the combination of those enhanced the amount of testosterone in her system because of the heightened cortisol. So anyway, what happened to me is what they call viralization of the fetus. Um, mm. So the an, a huge amount of testosterone was introduced through placenta into my bloodstream, which um, has all sorts of downstream effects, right? Like... And but, even like looking at that also still a fucking miracle that you were born. It is still miraculous. Yes. Like there's a yes. couple in the church that I grew up in around the same age as me where the, uh, yeah. the girl got pregnant and had appendicitis on her own and they had mm. to terminate the pregnancy. Like there's just yeah. no goddamn way. Like we can save, we can save you or we can save neither of you. Like exactly. that's, yeah. and imagine being in that position and being told that you can't get that termination yep that you're both just gonna have to go and that's the other part of it I do hear more people talking about the like medical emergency side of it but even but I, I hear people who are just like even in the emergency you should see what God's plan is and it's like 
excuse me, God also planned to flood the earth and burn down cities and turn people into pillars of salt. Also, this is the person that you want to wait for? I feel that that is a very immature faith. Like faith has a place and being able to have a greater being that you can turn over the things that we truly do not have control over in this life. I understand the purpose of that. That doesn't mean that God wants you to stop making your own decisions. That is part of being a human being. You are accountable for your own decisions. So when you say you're turning it over to God, you're not. What you're doing is you're going with the party line of the information you've already been giving and opting out of making your own moral and ethical decisions. So if there is a God out there, you're still going to be accountable for that. You are not your pastor, you. Right. You, you, You have the ability to take an action and make a choice. And that's, again, I think what so many people are afraid of and why the concept of bodily autonomy actually shuts some people down as it means wait holy shit i have to be responsible for my choices right no (laughs) and that and then like with the with the biological sex thing you know that that's why they don't uh they do dns dna testing in high school biology but they don't test chromosomes because they don't want to deal with kids having meltdowns because their chromosomal sex doesn't align with the sex they were assigned based on their genital presentation. Yeah. Like, and it's so much more common than people think. Like it is. the concept of 2% of people, that's a lot of people. That's more than there are redheads in the world. Yeah. And I'm remembering the stats, right? There are multiple different systems in your body that can be multiple yes. different genders, including yeah. a gender. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even just two. And then also you get intersex. Like biology is buck wild everything is on in anthropology they call them climbs it's, mm-hmm. it's like spectrums like when you open up uh not everybody's familiar with this but uh when you open up a color wheel on like photoshop or something and it goes from black to white but then from red to violet and it's like this huge spectrum of things everything all in between so yeah and then you get the intersection of those different things like if you add white or black is it a shade is it a hue is it a like is it it a tint (laughs) there's so much going on and yeah childbirth is fucking miraculous not because god designed it that way but because biology is absolutely so insane and unpredictable it's kind of a miracle that we exist at all it really is like just the fact that I'm turning, um, I'll be 37 this year, and my skull is just now barely closed. It's a very immature understanding of how mm-hmm. biology actually works, as yeah. well as like, it is insanely common for fetuses as they are developing to just get all fucked up and become incompatible for life in the same way that our bodies are constantly getting cancer Mm -hmm. or things Mm -hmm. are constantly fucking up in our systems all the time that same thing happens to fetuses as they develop insanely frequently and it's very cruel to expect someone to endure that pregnancy and to bring a being into life that is not capable of living like the amount of trauma in that process oh my gosh I one of my um older cousins when I was pretty young had something like that occur but because of where she was in the pregnancy I grew up in Georgia and there were already lots of laws around abortion as it were um and yeah she had to I don't know what they call it when you have to give birth when the fetus isn't alive she was quote okay some years later but also part of her was never okay again and, yeah. and I was young so I don't know you know all the details but I remember 
um, her having us hold the baby and taking pictures and, you know, trying to like, my family is very like celebration of life. Like they don't do sad funerals, but this was, and most of the time it is, it's like a celebration of life. Cause it's like this old person who like, oh, do you remember when he did this? You remember this was a, a person that never lived. Right. And that, I think I want to get into the difference between uh, life as in a living organism and life Uh as in what a human being has. Being in possession of a life is the experiences and choices that you make as a human being. It's the interactions you have. All of that stuff happens after birth. Yeah. And like this thing with this issue with the 10 year old who had to cross state lines to get an abortion. Mm -hmm. And there was one politician uh, being asked about it and was Mm -hmm. like, do you think that 10 year old should have an abortion? And then she was like, oh, well, then it's not an abortion. Like, it's just straight up denial. I don't want to have to think about what a 10 year old would be forced to go through by forcing them to give birth. So I'm just going to decide that it doesn't count when the law makes absolutely no such exception. And we have had the privilege of not having to think about what a 10 year old rape victim goes through to have a baby because prior to this that 10 year old could quietly get an abortion without it being national news yep that's a whole conversation right the (laughs) fuck there how we've ignored truly ignored sex trafficking domestic um abuse things like that and now we're gonna have to face it right now we're going to have to actually experience this and what it feels like to watch someone suffer like that and force them to have a baby. And then there was some other politician who was like, yeah, it's a tragedy, but that doesn't mean we should inflict another tragedy. Bitch, having a child born into that situation and to survive with that is a tragedy. That is trauma. You are inflicting trauma both on the 10-year-old child who was assaulted and on the person that you are forcing them to bring into existence with whatever circumstances they can claw out of this world for themselves. Yeah, it will never work. It will never work. It it will never work. And all you are doing is perpetuating that cycle of abuse. Yeah, damn well knowing if it was any one of their rich kids, they would make sure it didn't. Yeah, that is the other point. Conservative politicians, children, partners, spouses, mistresses, they Mm -hmm. will still get abortions. They will still have access the right money. Yeah. Yeah. Because these politicians don't actually hold the beliefs that they're espousing. What they want is control. There you go. Right there. I wanted to bring up also the absolute mess that medical care for pregnant people is. Yeah. Because that does not get discussed. And that has always been a nightmare in this country. Yeah, I definitely can contribute to that from both the crimes done against Black people who are pregnant mm-hmm. to for the sake of science, right? Like, well, quote, science against their wills, against their wishes, um, as well as um, for trans people. Yes. Um, is another one that like people are acting like there's this pit against uh, cis women, against trans people. And it's not even like that. We're all in shit together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We are literally turds in the same toilet. So and I'm always just like, uh, why, why would I want my gender to be like a special club that only certain people can get into? Right. Like life is a goddamn nightmare. Do whatever brings you some small amount of joy and right. peace in this, in this existence. Right. And then, yeah, too, that 
medical care for black people who are pregnant is still leagues below what it is for white people and it's not great for white people <laughs> like yeah. it's all shit yeah. and i wasn't one of the williams sisters almost died from like preeclampsia or hypertension after uh, so. delivery right I thought so. Yeah, I don't remember who, but I thought it was um the older one. I don't, <laughs> this is odd that I, I'm forgetting right now. That's Serena, right? Is the I older? think so. I think it was, but I can't remember for sure. But yeah, because they don't acknowledge Black pain. There are so many, not just doctors. There are lots of people who truly believe that Black people, even in the process of birthing, have a, uh, quote, thicker skin and just right. don't experience they, pain they the same ex- way or, or like tougher pain receptors, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, as kinda, well kinda as disgusting. just kind of this patent disbelief of what Black people say about their own experiences and bodies. Yes. yes. And I think that yeah. that was a, a factor with the Williams sister who experienced that was they were like, hey, something's fucking wrong. Yeah. And they're like, no, everything's fine. You're fine. Yeah. Then also historically, like even into the 70s, there was this one doctor who was doing what he called love surgery, mm-hmm. where it, it was that whole like it started with that. Oh, you know, you fix your episiotomy by putting in an extra stitch to make your husband have more fun later yeah. on when you're having yeah. sex. Oh, this gross. guy was yeah. he was moving the position of people's clitorises. Yeah. And we can't talk about it because it's this like sacred thing that we're supposed to treat with reverence and we don't get to actually discuss what goes on. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. But yeah, on top of I don't think it's the same doctor, but on top of what you're talking about, the, the person who they credit with the founding of gynecology in the U.S. at least, um, I feel like his name is Sims, Dr. Something Sims, did all of his experimentation non-consensually on enslaved people. Yeah. That was the very founding of gynecology in the U.S. was done on yes. enslaved people without their consent. And that was that was uh, prior to the Civil War. And the guy yes. I'm talking about, he was doing that in the 19 fucking 70s. I believe it. That's when they were doing fucking lobotomies like, and shit on people in the 60s and 70s. It still hadn't gotten better. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he was doing it specifically to any particular race he was doing that to people who came in for episiotomy repairs and he wasn't telling them that he was doing that fucked up there's such a fucked up history on altering bodies in order to make them more enjoyable for cis men without thinking about the person the again the bodily autonomy of the person who you are altering without their consent and that like it keeps coming back around that to me is that our bodies belong to us that's that's like, right and, and, and honestly that's our only true belonging right like that's our yeah. only true belonging is our physical form that's, everything else is made up and there <laughs> there is a rude awakening for in particular christian white men coming the only thing you control in this world in reality is your own body your own behavior and you guys can't fucking control that because you spend all your energy trying to dictate what other people do with their lives and their bodies and you can't even handle your own dick there yeah shit's gonna go bad for you like get these fucking videos of christian men yelling at teenage girls on beaches to cover themselves up yes like you have no goddamn authority 
it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like their lack of control they're trying to force on everyone else. Yeah. It, it truly feels like they are trying to force their lack of control on everyone else. I remember being a kid, really little, and my family was like, it's funny, like people don't always honor the mix of what it is to grow up in a really extreme situation because I have so many good, happy memories. And like the older me can look back and go, wow, that was still fucked up though. But that's not how it felt at the time. Right. And you know, I remember situations of being in relative states of undress, like playing, just outside playing, like it was hot. It was Georgia, it's muggy, you know, 95 with a, literally 100% humidity. You are breathing water. like, <laughs> And getting to an age where suddenly, like I haven't really changed, yet suddenly it's like, okay, you need to go cover yourself up. Right. And it's like, well, but we're all still playing. We always play this game. There's like, go cover yourself up. It's like, excuse me, go control yourself. There's like uh, the video that was floating around that I saw. The guy was like, well, you got to cover yourself up so my, because my sons are out here. And it's like, well, you should really think about teaching them to manage their own sex drives because what you're teaching them is that's everybody else's job around them. And so therefore, if someone is not covering themselves up to the degree that you think makes them respectable, it's okay to assault them. Yeah. Because they should have been accommodating you in that way. Like the hypocrisy yes. of don't be such a special snowflake. You don't get to be mad at me for telling you to cover up. And then also pinning all of this responsibility that should be yours onto yep. the people around you. Yeah, it's like it's like the most complex form of gaslighting. First, you have no control. You need a man to tell you what to do. You know nothing about the world. You're so helpless and innocent we can't have trans women going in the bathroom because they might hurt you okay so you're completely helpless but at the same time you have the power of a demon to seduce a man to ruin even as a fucking child like okay so now you're super powerful but also don't be a special snowflake thinking you deserve anything but also I deserve to not have to see anything that tempts me or makes me have to use any form of like this doesn't make sense it you have to you have to treat me with kid gloves. Uh, also, don't call me a snowflake. I'm not a goddamn snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> like, and oh also, God. I talked about this uh, to some extent on the other recordings I did for this episode. But growing yeah. up as a person who presented in my physical anatomy as hyper feminine and in a body yeah. that was easily sexualized well before mm-hmm. I was old enough for that to be mm-hmm. something I could understand as well as being denied access to good sex education yes oh, I was in this position of being told that being sexy was demonic it was like the worst thing yes. I could possibly do but I didn't know what sex fucking was I didn't know yes. what a blowjob was until I was right. like 18 And so I'm like just desperately trying to find out what sex is so I can avoid committing the sin of being sexy and causing my brothers to stumble. Meanwhile, a bunch of cis white dudes in my church are policing my access to information about sexuality, actively trying to prevent me from learning things about sex and then laughing at my ignorance. Yep. Yep. I swear it gets small. I swear that mixture of telling you you're doing something wrong, but not telling you what it is, like that vagueness on its own is something that I still deal with today. I have to remind myself that people are not trying to hurt me because sometimes people are vague and I'm talking, it could be like, hey, you want to go for dinner? 
And it's like, okay, well, what do you mean by dinner? Like I, I get right. so, but that's because of what you just described. There were all these sins that were so vague, so vague. Right. Like, I remember at one time being worried that I was an adulterer. I didn't understand what an adulterer <laughs> was, but they always paired it. They always paired it with like a Jezebel and an adulterer. And it's like, well, I've been called a Jezebel before. So maybe I'm also an adulterer. Like I had no fucking clue. I, I 100% at one point as like a pre-adolescent right. uh, uh, accidentally without, I thought that sex was kissing when you were naked. Yeah. And I like was getting ready for a shower and without thinking about it, the cat was wanting to be pet. So I picked it up and gave it a kiss. And I was like, oh, no. oh my God, I had sex with the cat. I didn't mean to. I'm on headphones right now, but the way my cat just looked at me as if he heard what you said. I thought I was oh, going to get no. pregnant with mutant yeah. cat babies. Right, right. And this is the stuff people don't understand. It's so they keep it so vague we're horrified we're horrified all the time every action we take we're terrified because you don't know if you're sitting right then and it's always post hoc right right no matter what you do people always look after the fact and tell you what you did wrong everything that is not explicitly spelled out is just like full of landmines for some sin or some thing that you could commit that isn't acceptable somehow in ways you don't understand and then all of a sudden you're a bad person yeah. And the whole you, the whole yeah. you is, a, you didn't make a mistake. You're just a bad person. You're born in sin and there's no way for you to get out of it. And now you're at the mercy of being forgiven by some old dude. And also you just cross your fingers. You should, have under- you. you should have understood what you did wrong. How? Yes. Who cares? You should have known. You should have known. You just the facts known. that you and couldn't that. figure out is because you are innately broken and flawed. Yep. Yep. And this is the message over and over. And this is the message I'm seeing as people talk about these autonomy rights and issues around abortion. Like I I know people don't always think of them as connected, but taking away someone's ability to choose is literally saying you cannot do what you wish with your body. We're going to choose for you. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough to make this choice on your own. And that, that's such a dangerous fucking And then, so you have all of these people who are cornered, they're cornered in the position where they're being going to be forced to give birth in a medical system that doesn't support them, that costs tens of thousands of dollars to have a pregnancy. And you put them in increasingly desperate situations. They're not guaranteed to medical care. They're not guaranteed to food. They're not guaranteed to clean water or shelter. No, yep. no. And you're cor- you're, they become cornered animals. And then we turn yeah. around and judge them for the actions they take when they're cornered, yeah. as if that makes them bad people rather than being a reflection on the shitty support system we have. Yeah. Yeah. So many people close to me have had abortions before this, right? Before this occurred. And even with what a lot of them carry because of the guilt and shame in our society, the guilting and shaming that go on in our society, I cannot even imagine what it's gonna be like from this point for people. And I think that's something too that like, it was already hard. It was already bad. It's not like it was amazing, you know, like, I don't know, it's, 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 there's a part of me that it's tough because again, playing support for some people when I was young, a couple of my friends when I was very young, 
um, had abortions and they didn't have any other support. So what do you do? You call your, your 16, 17, you get with a friend and you make it an evening, you know, right. like, and I, and that's going to be gone. As a pro-choice person, I don't want to make the case that abortion is inconsequential because yeah. it is a medical procedure and yeah. there are risks, there's emotional trauma as with anything else and I feel like we've created a culture in which if you are pro-choice you can't talk about the the difficulty of going through that process because they'll have a whole bunch of people just seizing onto it like see see that means it's bad it means it's bad and evil and you shouldn't do it it shuts down the conversation around the hardships and the support that's still needed the same way you need support when you do choose to birth you also need support when you don't yes like there's a lot of like things that can occur depending on how far along things were whether you chose pills or surgical or herbal support like there's just so much that so much support that still needs to be there i i even believe that abortion should happen less often because birth control should be free (laughs) like all birth control should be free to everyone all the time and that will reduce the number of abortions listen listen so i know we gotta wrap soon but let me say (laughs) what you just said is exactly why i know the issue isn't about abortion right the issue is about knocking people who can burst body autonomy out of the window so that they can take jabs at other forms of bodily autonomy and the reason we know that is if they want it fewer abortions, exactly what you said would be true. We would have a better sex education from square one, from square one. We would have better sex education. Preventative methods would be free. You would literally be able to go into Walgreens, sign on your little form and get free condoms, free lube, free dental bands, whatever it is that you need, you will be able to get it for free. I got a fucking tubal ligation on access because at that time, at least, state Medicaid was smart enough to know that if they're not paying for birth control, they're paying for pregnancy, and that's vastly more expensive. Yes. It should yeah. be free. Birth control should be free, and all of, all sorts of other preventative methods should also be free, as well as educational courses for fucking adults who did not get any sex ed. Like, I know, depending on where people live, sex education's a little better than it used to be, like, where I grew up in Georgia, but that's not true everywhere. So we also need adult level courses, not like it's great that they make, hey, teens, let's talk about (laughs) fucking like it's great that they do that. Right. But we need stuff for adults, too. Like, listen, if you are having a quickie in lunch break at work, here is how it needs to go. You know, like we there are so many adults who are ashamed to ask for help or information on that line when they legitimately don't know like people try to make it simple while you put it inside and but that's not the only way to get pregnant no and i've discussed lots of ways i've discussed this to some extent with you and with val but i believe that the way that that should be handled is by like an extensive series of online courses that kind of function as like a choose your own adventure like maybe kids start with sex 101 and they're like i don't know man like i think i'm kind of into like dicks and boys and also i i don't know about this blowjob stuff but that sounds fun and so then they can kind of like go from course to course based guided on their interests based in a like fundamental course that's very exhaustive a age-appropriate super accessible sexual education is so important and so lacking 
asking because even younger ages, like people get a little squicky when I'm like, no, kindergartners need to be taught sexual education. But what I mean by that is kindergarten needs to know what their body parts are. Yeah. And also kindergartners have to deal with grown ass adults trying to prey on them and they need to understand why they need to understand what those people are after. There you go. How to tell a dangerous person from someone who might be helpful to you. Like that part of information needs to be out there for the little bitty babies getting off the school bus. Like, yes, you know, like because those predators are out there regardless. There you go. That's exactly it. I would love a world that was, quote, safe. Yes. Safety does not exist. It's just, so let's stop pretending that anybody's living. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are some super rich, but I'm talking for the normal rest of us who, like, have to sweep our own porches, you know, like, (laughs) sweep our, you know, hang out with strangers (laughs) in a laundromat, like, normal people, right? Like, there is no such thing as 100% safety ever, and those babies need to know that. They need to know first, that they don't have to be afraid all the time because they can be educated. Yes. And that's like, that's stuff that I feel really lucky about growing up in the hood is our folks are really honest with us about that type of stuff. So I didn't go around with stranger danger. Don't get me wrong. It was the late 80s, early 90s. I walked to the store by myself. But part of why I felt confident is at least I felt like I knew what dangerous looked like. Hey, right. I don't know this person. I've never seen them in my hood before. They're inviting me into their car, even though they don't know me. This is a dangerous situation. I right. need to get out. And I knew ways to get out. Some of the stuff they taught us when I, in the hood when I was a kid, most adults can't climb, mm-hmm. if you're, which I didn't know was absolutely true. But now I think about the adult people I know, we beat them, broke our ankles. Oh, and that's God, trying yeah. To climb up no, the I, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, they told us, climb, climb high. Just keep climbing stay up there screaming until somebody comes and gets you because most likely that person is not going to go after you find a hole find something tiny where you can get in and they can't get in like they taught us lots of really weird it's fucked up that we had to learn it but yeah life in the hood wasn't a picnic so and even that most cishet young boys are not being socialized with the mindset of prey that's very true and so even even with what we did get there's a subset of the population that just can't understand being that hyper vigilant all the time yes all the time and and not because they're preyed on less often because they're they're not just because of stereotypes that said they might be more yeah that people being raised as little boys might be preyed on more because they don't know how to ask for help or when they need to Right. Um, and because yeah. they they have all of these stereotypes and socialization around them, convincing them that they can't be victims of that sort of thing, yeah. which yeah, it, and that's that's its own issues with autonomy. Like this is it's just so far reaching. And I feel like people are reluctant to look at how big, how absolutely right. huge. And I feel that when I do talk to people who are anti-choice, they view it as that, like, why is it such a big deal to you? And I'm like, the problems in this are so extensive and so foundational that the idea that you would dump a whole bunch of forced births on top of that and not Mm -hmm. understand how much havoc that's going to wreak is beyond me. I actually love something you said just then. I don't know if you said it on purpose or if it slipped out that way. You said anti-choice. Yes. And that that is so fucking powerful because at the end of the day, it's not pro-life and pro-choice. It is pro-choice and anti-choice. I do do that uh, purposely. I didn't come up with it, but it is like we have been the victim of an extensive campaign to demonize 
yes. the position of being pro-choice and to position pro-life as being yes. the moral and upright choice. Yes, and it makes that, it sound so holy. That is a PR campaign. That, yes, it is. And, it, and these Christians feel justified in doing that because they convince themselves that the opposite is already happening. The same yeah. like, well, we have, to, we have to have an agenda against homosexual people because homosexuals have the gay agenda and they're trying to convert our children into gay people. And we have to fight that. It's projection. Projection. There you go. That's exactly what it is. They know what they're doing and they assume. It's similar. I've come across this a couple of times when talking about Black liberation. And for people who are not working on their racism at all, right? Like they, they literally believe that black people are looking for vengeance, like for some <laughs> type of like, you're trying to make white people into slaves. Like what? what? What are you even talking about? Like, no, I want to just be able to walk around my neighborhood without cops following me, please. I want to go to the grocery store and not have people on every single aisle going, do you need help? Do you need help? Can you leave your backpack here? Right. Like, I, and I, I have heard that described as, the fear that the people who are fighting for equality will treat you the same way you treated them. Yep. Yeah. And that applies, that applies for like racial differences. It applies, you know, between quote unquote men and women for gay people, for trans people, you think that they're going to rise to power and they're going to do the shit to you that you did to them. Yeah. And it's, it's such a weird way of acknowledging the harm that's been done because that means that they know the yeah, harm that's been on done. some level on some level they understand it and they don't understand why saying hey i'm ready for it to end right <laughs> <laughs> i try to lean on that in the way that i deal with people who don't agree with me in these things like it's good news because it means yeah. you get to do whatever you want with your body too exactly there there right so if you still don't want an abortion Great. Don't get one. I think if you don't want an abortion, I think you shouldn't have one. And I think you should be cared for. I think your medical care should be free. I think your child, you and your child have a fundamental right to nutritional food, to clean water, to shelter. I think you deserve all of that. Yes. I'm, and I'm going to, I'm going to get real radical here and just say it. (laughs) I personally believe that we should be moving toward universal basic income yes. for all people here. If we capitalism wants to survive, yes, then you need universal basic income. Yes, and I believe that even for the people who would rather see me dead. I do believe it's yes. true for all the of same, us. We are going to need it. The same way I think every single human being alive deserves good food, clean water, yes. and shelter. I don't care what go. you've done. I don't care who you are. You deserve that. You deserve it. Those are the basics. Those are yes. That is the least you deserve. Earlier, we we, I forgot what we mentioned, but we said something like undomesticated humans were supposed to be just like sitting in the. Oh, that was it. We were talking about the full moon, and that that right there. That's part of what anthropologists argue made us from whatever we were before as primates to humans is shelter, being able to seek consistent shelter feed ourselves in others who can't mm-hmm. feed themselves, the ability to care for one another in that way, be able to take a sick person and give them time to heal, give them food, yeah. shelter, and care. It's what makes us fucking human. Yeah, and like, you see that with like a feral children. If you don't get yes. love and care and socialization and food prior to a certain age, you just don't make transition into yeah. humanity. That is what yeah. separates humanity from animals. 
Like we are animals and that period of care and love and education is what elevates us. Yeah. It it makes a difference in us and the bonobos, you know, like otherwise we're just, we're all chimps, (laughs) you know, like otherwise. As well as the fact that we're not. that They'll feed each other, but very often if somebody is very, very hurt, they don't always give them a chance to get better. Okay. You're holding the troop up, uh, but. And when they do, it's a sign of evolution. Yes. It's that they are creating societal change. Right. And like that, if we can't do better than that, then what the fuck? And that's like a thing with the trans thing is like, what separates us from the animals, if not our ability to not follow our goddamn biology all of the time and to make our own decisions? We have to be able to (laughs) suss that out and say, hey, this doesn't feel good for me. Right. And I've had that discussion with uh, transphobic people to some extent, but it is they're like, well, what if I decided I was a woman, then I would use whatever pronouns and name you told me you wanted to hear. Right. Like if you decide, if you decide tomorrow that you're space kin and your pronouns are ZZM, bitch, you got it. I trust that you understand what you're going through more than I do. Going to go with it. What does it hurt? Yeah. And I'm going to call you by whatever name you tell me to call you by because I'm fucking polite. There. And that, and that's the thing for me is it doesn't even have to be deep, right? Like when you're talking bodily autonomy, that is that person's experience and that person's body. It literally does not affect me it in is any way to be kind. Just it, the really humil- it is just the humility of knowing that you don't understand what someone else is going through and that they are the best authority on what their experience is. And that is so important. Like I say it to people all the time and they're, they're like, oh, come on, you don't believe that. But I personally believe that we should start having acceptance without understanding you don't need to understand you need to accept and respect that is it and if that transphobic person decides that i need to call them by a certain name and certain pronouns because they're just being dicks that's on them that's not really my problem i i'm going to use those names and pronouns because i am a good person and that's what i do yeah that's it and that's that's like really that's all it really takes i mean I even, I extend that concept of, it's really fucked up, like, that I had to learn it from, when I first started thinking about that concept, I was a little kid watching the old Disney movie Pocahontas, and yes, now as an adult, I understand how fucked up a lot of stuff in that movie was I didn't know back then, but there's a part where um, the tree, Grandmother Willow says, listen with your heart, Mm -hmm. and you'll understand, and it's this, like, kind of magic moment where, like, suddenly she can understand British colonial English or whatever, right? But lots of fucked up stuff in there. However, something I pulled out of that is that legit though, what if instead of trying to understand, I just did the thing the person wished. If it didn't hurt me. And I'm talking right down to working at a a bakery. I was a decorator for years and having people come in who didn't speak the language I spoke and just starting to draw, have them Mm -hmm. draw their order. And like, we worked it out. I took so many orders with people and eventually we know each other's names or something, right? But I don't have to understand. I just have to respect people's wishes about themselves, especially if it's not hurting me. Right. Like it's different if they're like trying to get me to cut my face or something. But, right, right. You know, like it, like you know, as long as it doesn't affect me and my own bodily autonomy and safety, then what, who cares? It, yeah, like I'm happy it to do hurt. it. Yeah. And it's all tied into this issue of choice that that's, that's ours. Everyone deserves their choice, including 
the people who are anti-choice they still deserve their, yeah. their choice they, they're a little misguided but like at the end of the day no that's that's all we have it's all the same, we have are the choices we make it's similar to the discussion that i have with people about uh gender and like the draft where it's like oh well then you sh- you think that they should be able to draft women then huh because you're a feminist and i'm like no i don't think there should be a draft i don't think that should be happening to anybody there you go. Yes. And that's the part people try to be so like, oh, and I remember that was one like, oh, so uh, a, a grown man coming to the door, you're going to hold the door for them. Yeah. Well, I had literally just done it. Like, yes, I hold. <laughs> if there's a dude with his hands full and I was like a 17 year old girl, which I was once. Yeah. I held the door for them. Like, wh- yeah. what? what's like a weird chivalry? Like, <laughs> like my dad taught me to hold the door for whoever was behind, behind me. you. Right, like what? what are you talking about? Like, oh, so if, if, uh, if a woman hits a man, you think she should hit her back? Like, well, I prefer people trying to communicate over fighting, but like, yeah, you, it's okay to defend yourself, especially yeah. if that's how it, what like, I, I, I'd love doing? for no one to be hitting anyone, but yeah, yeah, a lot of uh dudes socialized and treated as men have this double standard applied to them where they are supposed to endure physical abuse without ever yeah. retaliating, and that's yeah, fucked and that's up, not, right? That's really fucked up, as well as the reality of um men who are victims of domestic violence as well. Like, and, and that people get shocked when I bring up stuff like that because they're like, oh, well, you're an activist and a feminist. And it's like, well, okay, but that doesn't mean that I am not going to acknowledge very true, real harm that's being done to even cis men. Yeah. Like, no, I, I am in this for all of us. <laughs> like, like, I'm not, I yeah. don't, that's the part that I think that people once again just don't get is it's not a thing about sides. This and isn't about one side against the other side. That's even, some binary that doesn't exist. Right. Even the classes that are ostensibly benefiting from these double standards and this like difference in treatment, they're actually not because this harms everyone. All of these mindsets harm everyone. And just because maybe someone was able to have wealth and security in that way doesn't mean that they're not being harmed by the system. Their lives would be improved with all of ours if we could make things more equal. And that's something that I think people aren't wanting to talk about either is I remember having a conversation with someone once about patriarchy and they were like, well, you're trying to say the system favors men's and put down women. And it's like, okay, so first it's not that simple. Yes, it makes it easier for a specific type of toxic masculinity to thrive, but it hurts you too. Yeah. Patriarchy is the reason so many men are terrified to have emotions. Yeah. And that's why they have extremely ridiculously high suicide rates and so much um, unsupported mental health problems. And, and then, like all it, it has hurt. And they do that all without sympathy. Yes. Yes. And that that is hurting them as well. And that, that's like a little example. There are so many, right? We could never cover it all in a podcast, but like just that little example. And it's the same with these issues around bodily autonomy, because eventually now, yes, the rich, the powerful, they're not going to have anything to worry about. They're still going to have access to forms of autonomy that none of the rest of us even have access to right now. However, what's going to happen when they say, okay, well, so not only are we now redefining when life occurs and what life is, but now because of that, you're going to have to start paying this or that early or now you're going to like what what happened and you know the old it's like a poem or something it's like when they came for the blank 
right, right, right. You know that. that and me. then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak up. Right. They are coming. They are yeah. already on their way for everyone's right to choose everything about their body. Yes. And uh, like they like, immediately fucking Clarence Thomas, like, oh yeah, we're gonna go after the gays and uh, yep. birth control next. Yep. So quick. So quick. So quick. And because that is the impetus at the core yep. of this issue. Yeah, this is such a eugenics question. It I, is. I don't it know. is. <laughs> we could talk about this forever, but I guess we should wrap. <laughs> Thank like you so much hours for of stuff. joining me. It is, it is just not possible to tackle the layers of things that go on in such a short amount of time, which is a problem too when the Christian culture is kind of like conditioned to accept things in sound bites. Yeah. Where it's like, if you can't make it make sense in two minutes, then you must be wrong. Yeah, yep, that's true. I feel so frustrated when I'm like, no, it's so much more complicated than this. Yeah. It's not yeah. simple. But thank you for joining me. And I hope that we can record again soon. Like, I have lots of different episodes that I want to do with you. So, yeah, awesome. I got to look over your list. Thanks again for having me. This was an amazing discussion. Bye. Bye. Talk to you later on. All right. So that's the episode. It was a long one, but I don't feel that there was any other way to do subject justice. Sorry for the wildly inconsistent audio quality. And hopefully that will start to sound better now that we have upgraded our equipment. I did want to add at the end of this that my intention is not to make anyone who had to have a child and support a child through difficult circumstances feel bad or to feel like it is less of an accomplishment. I just want for people to not have to do that moving forward. Like I want people moving forward to have more choices and more education and more options available to them so that we can improve the state of the human race overall and uh, I'm gonna try to have the next episode be at least somewhat lighter as always if you have stories you want to share or questions you want to ask you can email us at edensapplepodcast at gmail.com or visit our sparsely populated instagram at edensapplepodcast bye